The list also includes players who aren't, that didn't make the playoffs, right? No. No? No. Oh, yeah, you got to yank those guys. Okay, that probably makes more sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing doesn't count either. Yeah, they are, those guys are gone. Are they playing off? They're playing in. Welcome back to the Hoops Temple Podcast. Y'all know me, Nathan Schwartz, celebrating the Lakers' most recent win of the day. We also have Aaron Schroeder. How you guys doing? Good to see you. Who gets to celebrate the Kings' most recent win. And Dylan Williamson. Who, who by the time you're listening to this, will be celebrating the Clippers' most recent win. Maybe? Maybe? <laughs> you guys are not convinced. Neither am I, but I can't just come here, come on here and be like, man, I wish my team fucking won a game. Hey, don't you wish your team was as good as the Lakers and the Kings? A brutal sentence. Just rips the heart out. <laughs> a sentence that's never been said in the last 10 years. Lakers and Kings, yes. We are recording this in the midst of the Heat-Bucks game. So by the time anyone listens to this, our thoughts on playoff series probably won't matter. So instead, we wanted to try to do... What's normally done before the season where guys try to make a top 100 list for the regular season, we're going to try to make a top 30 list for the playoffs. Gentlemen, I just want to ask you up front before we start making this list, how much does a team's advancement matter to you? Like, we already ruled out anybody who is in the play-in games, but if you're about to get swept, are, does that is that hurting your value on this rankings? At least for me personally, if you're as as talented as I think you are, you, you still should uh you still should be there. I'm not gonna really factor in their finals chances into that. We're just talking about Jimmy Butler. That's that's a Jimmy Butler question. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much a Jimmy Butler question. <laughs> also, Bam Bam's probably. A, I mean, we might get oh, yeah, there, yeah, but sure. Could we have two top thirty players that are about to get swept? So yeah, I don't think that your team context matters too much for the sort of ranking. Like, how much are you contributing to your team's ability to win? And even if that's a lot, but not enough, then I'll still give you credit. I will say the Heat are currently up 10, 22 to 12, so maybe they won't get swept. Very nice. I've been taking flack for saying that they would push the Bucks, and I'm like, I, I said they push them. I'm talking like six games here. And people are like, no, it's going to be a sweep. I'm like, I, okay, okay. Yeah, Jimmy and Bam are pretty good, pretty good Bucks matchups. Yeah, all that to be said, who wants to start us off with a nomination for the best player for the 2023 playoffs? Who's number one on your list? Dylan, please enlighten us. You know full well who it is. I'll, I'll just start by saying that, to me, the playoffs are all about having incredibly high strengths and no major weaknesses. Um, you need to be absolutely elite on one end of the floor and not be a liability in any any facet, really, especially if you're at, at this end of the list. And so for me, the number one guy... Man, I can't believe still- you're about to put Rudy Gobert up here. <laughs> As Rudy Gobert, who <laughs> the heart of a champion. No weaknesses. No weaknesses, except for his right hook. But no, number one, I'm going to take Kevin Durant. He's the most efficient scorer in the NBA. He's really versatile defensively. He can distribute. He can rebound. Um, Aaron already knew where I was going with it. I went the same place for pretty much the exact same thoughts. I have Giannis at two, and I so it came down to those two guys. There's a way to stop Giannis. You can build a wall. He might be a better player over the course of an 82-game season, but in his playoff matchups where you've got these series and you get to play the same guy again and again, you try things. I really appreciate that versatility. It's less of a how good are you at any one thing. It's more of a how good are you at a multitude of things. And I really think that Durant is that guy that is just great with anything. That's why he is the most portable superstar. You can plug and play him in any roster because he can do whatever the team needs. Not only that, but the playoffs, we're just saying it's about getting your team to an absolute elite level. Well, it's also about a lot of time it comes down to isolation scoring. And if we're picking between Kevin Durant and Giannis Antetokounmpo in the last two minutes to get a bucket, then I'm going to take Kevin Durant. And like you say, that's not a regular season thing. The playoffs are different. There are different skill sets that are more important in the playoffs. And that's Kevin Durant's skill set. I fucking love it, man. I, I can't argue against it. And I think after this... This season's over. Me and Nate will come on here for the top 100, top 200, and I'm gonna make the case for Kevin Durant to be one of the 10 best players ever. Like I'm on that train. No, you can't do that. <laughs> and and Nate isn't ready for it, but I'm ready for it. 
Well, I do have to push back a little bit because Kevin Durant did get swept in the playoffs last year, and he played pretty poorly. He's not like unstoppable. He's, he he has he has a failure. It was last season. It's not endless. He had twenty six point six boards and six assists on thirty eight. Now we'll go thirty thirty nine percent shooting. Can are you guys willing to go Giannis and then Durant, or am I or am I just totally out on this? No, you're you're not. Okay. Close all to right. This. Cool. Awesome. I mean, hey. All right. Whatever. <laughs> can I? Can I blow your mind further? Yeah, please. I have Giannis at three. What? You have Joel at two. I have Stiff Curry at two. Jesus. Oh my. Oh my. Proven oh winner. My God. <laughs> if he's on the floor, you will score at an elite level. He can get buckets late, and the way that he's developed his body to the point where you can't really play an offense just by attacking him. It's not a liability if you just try to run everything directly at him anymore. Can I post this? I'm going to get crucified, Dylan. This is, a, this is your fault. You need to make an account so I can at you. People can go attack you instead. <laughs> I can't. I, get, I will I say. That, that far. I, I love the Curry case. I had Curry at three for something similar of just, you know, you're watching that Kings Warriors game and Curry gets this open look to end it. And I'm shocked that he missed it. Listen, clutch threes, we're talking, what, a normal three? He's probably shooting about 40%. A clutch three is probably like a 35% in shot because everyone's efficiency drops in clutch performances. Yeah. And I'm just shocked Fox. that he missed. Yeah, everyone but Fox. Like, Curry has been there. Curry has come up huge time and time again. His playmaking, his scoring. I, I love Curry at three, but I do think Giannis is just that unstoppable force. And the defensive side. We want to talk about, hey, we need some versatility. Giannis as a defender gives you some two-way impact that Curry's not bringing this year. Or probably ever. I was lucky enough to see Steph live yesterday. And he is unbelievable. He's, he's just, he is unstoppable. The handles, it's not just the handles, but the way you have to play him because of the range makes him impossible to stop. Because the normal, like Malik Monk dribbles between the legs, you stay in front of him. But when Steph Curry does that, you freak out. You lose your mind, your brain turns to mush, and then he lays it in. And you're like, I don't even know what just happened. I'd be comfortable with KD, Giannis, and Steph. I concur. I'm fine with that. I think my biggest concern is just still that the Bucks have never had a really good offense in the playoffs. When the push comes to shove and they're deep in a series, yes, their defense gets it done, but if I don't know who my opponent is and I don't know if I can just drag them out to a 100 to 98 game every every game, I'd rather have a guy that I know can elevate offensively and hold up defensively, even though Giannis is clearly a much higher value add as a defender than, than both of those guys. Can I argue for his offense in the same way I argue for Shaq's defense? The the Giannis aggression attacking the basket and your need to form a wall weakens the other team's offense. Kind of in the same way Shaq was so physically dominant, teams would have to have like an extra three centers to play against him. And they just had these crappy centers and it hurt their offense to help the Lakers defense. Giannis kind of does the same thing. You have to size up to play him and to stop him. And so while the Bucks offense may never hit as high of a ranking, the other team's offense is also kind of handicapped by having to match up against Giannis. I don't know how to statistically like make this case, but just if you just watching the games, that's what I see out there is these teams needing to adjust and it hurts them. You need a Giannis defender. You need some some guy to stay in front of him and that may hurt you on the other side of the ball. Basically. Yeah. I mean, as we go through this list, like how many guys deep are there going to be that, I mean, they're never going to be a Giannis stopper, but have enough size and strength and also offensive ability to go up against Giannis. Speaking of Giannis, I got a notification that he's heading to the locker room for something. I guess he got a little dinged up. Can't really tell what happened, but hopefully he's okay. Fingers crossed. It's been a bad day for injuries. We we're discussing it before we started recording, but there was that half hour of craziness where Anthony Davis shattered like a bunch of Legos uh, and then got put back together. Did any of you guys watch the halftime for the Lakers game? No, I did not. How does it work? My wife got up and left. Because Stephen A. Smith was just like, if he can't get back out there, this is the worst thing ever. And they should be done with him. And was just like ranting. She's like, everyone else is just having a normal conversation. Some people are talking like, man, that really sucks that he's hurt. And this guy's just an asshole. Like, man, my <laughs> wife has watched three minutes of Stephen A. And has already declared that she doesn't like him. You're telling me Stephen A. Smith is unsufferable? Tell me he's <laughs> difficult to listen to? That's tough, man. I actually, I did hear about that. 
that he was just kind of ranting. It's just ridiculous, but I like yeah. the Legos analogy. Like in Lego Star Wars, they like ah, like then not much. I thought he died. Legos, you were able to rebuild him and put him back true. out there. I feel like you know when like little kids fall and they fall <laughs> and they look up and they're like, "Does this hurt?" Because they're looking for like their mom or their dad to freak out, and they're like, "Ah." That's Anthony Davis, or he's like, oh man, looks around. Darvin Ham is like, oh my god, he's like, oh, it hurts so bad, it's so bad. Someone help me. Oh, uh, well, all right, that's that's one through three. Then we got Durant, Giannis, Curry. Who's Aaron? Who's your nomination for four? I have Joel Embiid. He has been unstoppable. I mean, he won the scoring title. He gets to his spots. He's a matchup nightmare at his size. Just like Giannis, you have to have some some dude just for Embiid fodder and. And he'll destroy them. There's there's no one that really can stand in front of him. And um, I think the most important thing is over his career, he's gotten better at handling double teams, at being able to play mm-hmm. with his teammates, get to his spots, and get his shot where it felt like previously he was forcing it. I think this is going to be a really nice playoffs for Embiid. Brooklyn doubled him every time he touched the ball. And he was so quick at finding the open man with the pass that Philadelphia set their franchise record for threes made in, in a game. Like... They said it for both this season and for the franchise's history in playoff games. This season, counting regular season, franchise history, counting all-time playoffs. Yeah, I actually think like it, he was such so good at passing out of double teams that it had me wondering if Brooklyn should just single cover him and say, okay, Embiid's going to get 50. Can we hold the rest of the team below 60 points, keep them under 110? That, that might be our best chance of this. Get Macau Bridges on Tobias Harris. Lock him down. Dylan, how do you feel about Embiid at four? Because I had him at four on my rankings too. I had him a little bit lower for a couple reasons. One, like Aaron said, like he's improved every single year and gets better. And I'm expecting, I'm hoping and expecting him to have a better playoff um, performance this year. But he hasn't really been fantastic throughout his career in the playoffs. Um, Two, maybe not so versatile in terms of scheme. I mean, he's a big center. He's not going to be able to play the way that he wants to play against every team. There are ways that you can go against him. Um, and also, you know, we were saying that single covering him is a death sentence or, you know, he's going to go through whoever's in front of him. We have seen really good post defenders kind of take him out of his game before. Like Marcus Sol just stood in front of him and he couldn't do anything. And so Al I think Horford. that there are... It was 2019 though. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's four yeah. years ago. Marcus Sol, Al Horford. Like there, there are guys who are around the league that can defend him well enough um and i think that there are other guys that we haven't got into maybe a couple maybe not many but maybe a couple of them that i think a little bit more um resistant to going up against a really good matchup would you offer a name lebron and Kawhi are the two guys that i had ahead of them just just for that pure reason of more versatile can fit into more schemes no matter what the other team throws at them they'll be able to figure it out both offensively and defensively can elevate your offense can play really good defense um, and have had a proven track record of excellent performance in the playoff. I had LeBron at five. I had him one spot after. Where'd you have him, Nate? I have LeBron at eight. Interesting. I had LeBron at eight previously, maybe even close to nine, but then I was like, what am I thinking? LeBron James well, in the playoffs. It's stupid. It is and it isn't. The foot injury bothers me. That's the one hold. That's the one issue I have. The foot injury is definitely bothering him as well. And like the Lakers... You know, we both are and aren't basing this on what we've seen. This is kind of projecting forward for the rest of the playoffs. But the Lakers have kind of struggled with LeBron in the lineup. Low key, they had got the league's best defense when LeBron was out. And then when he came back, they kind of started to struggle on defense a bit. LeBron is great. He's a brilliant passer. He can still score really well. Um, And against the Grizzlies in game one, he had a couple of really nice highlight blocks that would make you think he was a good defender. But he also got burned a good number of times and still had some of his effort issues on the defensive side of the floor. You know, the Grizzlies start to get a decent lead on the Lakers in that second quarter when you have a Davis-less lineup. Um, I just don't think he has it. And I don't think that he's going to be able to carry the Lakers that far this season. I think we are really starting to see the downward slide. He, he's still going to have his great moments, but uh, that's that's why I've got him back at eight. That's fair. He's old. I think LeBron defensively, you're talking about those chase down blocks. I think you can't attack. You can't attack LeBron in space when the ball's right in front of him. He's deflecting it. He's getting his hands on it. He's blocking those shots. Um, but he he takes plays off. And the I mean the on the in the Wolves game, 
wolf's game? Sorry, my head's a little fuzzy. Yeah, yeah the wolf's the game. The playing game. Um, the playing game. Leaving guys open. Letting guys come mm-hmm. behind him. That happens. But when you go right at him, I think that defensive uh, prowess is still there. But I see what you're saying. Um, where does that leave us? For game break. We've gone in circles this play. We had two Embiid votes for Embiid at four. Okay. I'd say we put Embiid at four. Sounds good. Um, and then where did you have Kawhi? I had quite eight. Mostly a durability thing. I just, is he canny? I mean, he's been healthy, but makes me nervous, man. Hmm. Where'd you have? I had him at six. I, I would have thought okay. he'd be the next guy up. Uh, my five is actually Anthony Davis. Interesting. I can't put a guy who is going to miss a quarter every other game that high, but he is in my top ten. What nine. if he's amazing the rest of the games? The the reason the Lakers are a, are a playoff team is because of what he's done on defense. He had seven blocks tonight. Where's he for you, Dylan? Um, I had him much lower. Uh, yeah. I just think that there are still guys on the list who can be your number one offensive option. Or there are still guys that we haven't got to that can be your number one offensive option on a championship team. And I think Anthony Davis is like at the very top of the list on your number two. I mean, it's, it's not quite in tears, but it is kind of tears that it's like, once I run out of guys who can be the number one, then I'm going to the best number two. And Anthony Davis is at the top there. But that's like, I think that there are at least 10 guys who could be the number one option on a championship team. And I don't think he's one of them. Wow. I think he's, I think the only way the Lakers are a championship team this year is because he is that that number one. And maybe it's not number one offensive guy so much as you call an isolation play for him. But as in, he's running the pick and roll and he's dragging a defender down with him. And like that's how you see the Lakers guards scoring. So that's when Schroeder starts going. That's when Reeves starts going. And Austin Reeves had was seven points uh, on like three straight possessions uh, with, you know, gets to the basket. And they're all Davis, him pick and rolls. So yeah, he's not the scoring threat, but you have to pay him so much mind that I think he can be that offensive number one. I love it. This is true <laughs> basketball beef debate and discourse that can't reach an agreement. I'm not sure we're going to go with this. So are we good with, we haven't beat it four. That's as far as you've got as in beat it four for five. LeBron at are five. Co- I think we all had him around there. Okay. Yeah, Le- are we have LeBron at five? Is, is Nate okay with that? I had LeBron at eight. I thought we would. Uh, at eight. Okay. No, I had Kawhi at six. I thought we'd all go with Kawhi next because Kawhi has that balanced offense, defense. And a working foot. Yeah, mostly. If Kawhi's healthy, he's still, there's probably no one else that's left that you'd trust more to just like go get a bucket. Like he can, you you need one bucket. I have someone in mind. We'll talk about him later. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Dylan, where where was Kawhi on your list? Was he six? He was five. He was five? Yeah, I, I like Kawhi I had Embiid at, at six. five overall. Okay, so I had, I had LeBron, Kawhi, and Embiid all pretty similar. Four, five, so six. So LeBron at six, are we comfortable with that? Yeah. Okay, so Kawhi and LeBron at six. Luckily, Jokic is, is falling out of the sky. <laughs> he's plummeting. I mean, he's my next guy up at, at number seven here, if you're not going to let me get yeah, Davis in this good. high. I just can't, I can't do Davis over Jokic. My mind won't let me do that. <laughs> Even if it makes sense. And I, I'm not like, I'm somewhere in the middle between like this spectrum where Dylan's just like, you have to guard the rim or, and get your own shot to be good at basketball. I'm not there yet, but I'm close to it. Where obviously Jokic has fallen down to seven, but Jokic is seven. Dylan, where's Jokic for you? 15? Yeah, ex- exactly number seven. God damn it. I thought you, eh, whatever. Whatever. I got a whole speech. <laughs> <a> seven too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you had such a, a history of hating on big men, so. I was prepared for him to be like number 10. And then I come on here and I'm the only one that still has him as MVP. That's true. I expected the whole... After you two jumped off the bandwagon. (laughs) I jumped off. I expected the whole speech how he's slow and fat and can't shoot. Hated him. But no, seven. Yeah, that's that's why he's the MVP, but he's number seven in the playoff rankings. Because yeah, he's he's slow and fat and he... Can't defend the rim, but he's still. Will the, someone say something nice like, about him? He's he's the best offensive player in the world. He's a game-breaking offensive talent that can get open looks for anybody and Thank just you. dissect a defense at an insane rate. Can you attack him a little bit on defense? Of course, but he's gonna make you pay. And I think um they're gonna demolish the Wolves and probably give the Suns a pretty good run too. He's practically unstoppable on offense because like you can't single cover him and you also can't double team him. It's like what the fuck do you do? Like those are your two options and they're both a death sentence. And like sure, like you team. can you can hold hands, <laughs> like hold hands and surround him. <laughs> run pick and roll at him all day if you want but like you know you'll you'll get two points every time and he'll go back down and get two or three back can i 
say that I think there should be less doubling and just more single coverage. It's a fair, it's uh, a fair of, of Jokic or in general? Everyone. PJ, PJ Tucker approves. <laughs> he wants that 40 <laughs> points. He wants every single one of those. I think the, the just baseline level of NBA talent has gotten so high that trying to double everything is just, you're asking to get beat. And, you know, you used to be able to get beat and they'd swing the ball around and be an 18 footer from a guy that's going to shoot like 38% from 18. And now he's shooting 38% from three. And it's just, it's really hard to be an efficient defense. Yeah, I mean, especially in the playoffs, like when you shorten your rotation and the guys that you've got on the floor in important moments, like no one's going to play a guy who can't shoot. Like you can't just put out an offensive zero, except, I mean, maybe the Cavs with Isaac Okoro or something. But like... Or the Bucks right now, as they're actually almost tied it back up. You've got Bobby Portis, Jay Crowder, Jared Allen, Drew Holiday, and Brooke Lopez combining to go 0 for 9 from 3. Yeah. I mean, that's the argument for double teaming is just that like the best players are unstoppable, but you take your risk on the other guys. Like if Jay Crowder wants to shoot all the threes, then I'd take that over single covering Giannis. The Bucks go cold sometimes, although I think Giannis went back to the locker room again, what I've seen. Something with his back. Oof, don't only see backs. So we have Jokic at seven. May I nominate Jason Tatum? He destroyed the Hawks. He, he ate the Hawks alive. Each one yeah. of them. He, he's he my be, next guy. He's great on defense, awesome on offense as well. I had him down at 10 because, once again, I have him behind Davis and Jimmy Butler. There is no way in hell I'm putting Jimmy Butler above Jason Tatum. Jimmy McBuckets. We saw them play last year I know, in the playoffs, I know. and Butler was the better player in that series. I think this has been just Tatum's year, in a sense, in Butler. Butler hasn't been as good. Tatum's better than he was last year. Yeah, I think he's just a little bit more of a versatile scorer at this point. Like, Jimmy Butler, like, pretty much can't shoot at this point. Like, all he can do is, like, drive on you and get fouls. Like, his, even, like, Could his rim finishing. last season? I mean, not really, but even, like, his rim finishing isn't even that good. Like, he really just tries to bully you and get you out of the way and or, or get fouls. And, and Jason Tatum's just got more offensive game have you no faith in jimmy buckets i, I mean I do, I've, I've, I've got him the next guy <laughs> like he's one <laughs> spot down but <laughs> just tatum's just a, a, a more versatile offensive player i had tatum davis and then butler so we're kind of all on track here all right i'll take jason tatum he did demolish the hawks really the celtics just got such a quick hot start shooting that i, I felt like actually atlanta you know there's like the first five minutes in the game it was pretty back and forth and then the Celtics just started hitting shots, and the Hawks Hawks got good looks and weren't making them. I think Game Two will be significantly closer than Game One was. Possibly, I mean, it wouldn't be hard. Wouldn't be much harder to make it closer than that one. Well, I, I'm more just saying. I think that was kind of an aberration. Like sometimes you know how the Bucks get cold, the Celtics get hot, and like threes were flying. Yeah, out. they were they were just rolling. All right, so if we lock in Tatum at eight, Davis at nine, Davis at nine. Do you accept huh? Dylan? Huh? Oh, heck, we're going to beat you anyways. I mean, <laughs> I, I'm, clear, I'm clearly the outlier on this, so who, who, who would your next guy be? Let's see if we if we agree on the next guy, then maybe we can drop Davis down. Otherwise, I had Jimmy Butler at 10, so Davis and Butler. Yeah, and then who's your next guy after that? Tim Booker. De'Aaron Fox. Really? Yeah. I had him at 12. Oh, I, I thought I was going to be, all right, <laughs> oh, I, I want to give the De'Aaron Fox speech. <laughs> I've been practicing all day. <laughs> Wait, I got I got to lock these guys in. So we're locking in Tatum at eight, Davis at nine, and then it seems like we all have Jimmy Butler in our top ten. So I'm putting him there at ten. Let's go, De'Aaron Fox at eleven, moving him up. Where did you have him, Dylan? Uh, twelve. Wow, I can't believe you guys are in on this. <laughs> you guys see what I'm seeing? This is great. <laughs> yeah. He was isoing <laughs> against Gary Payton, Andrew Wiggins, Dante Divincenzo, on Draymond Green. He gets his shots. If you like Kevin Durant, how about like? Left-handed 6'3", Kevin Durant. He just demolishes people from the mid-range. He gets his buckets from anywhere. Um, and in the playoffs, that's what you're looking for. Is Because it gets in the last five minutes, it's our guy versus your guy, and, and Fox is as good as anyone at this point. Yeah, I mean, the extensive track Kevin. record of... <laughs> the extensive track record of one single game is maybe causing me to overreact a little bit, but like... He has the highest can... career points per game in the playoffs ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, like you say, he can get his shot... On pretty much anyone, he's the most clutch player in the NBA this year. And in the past, he's been a defensive liability. But like everything I saw from him last night was like perfectly good. Like he guarded Steph Curry 
as well as, you know, you could hope that your, your starting point guard would guard Steph Curry. And so mm-hmm. I don't think he's lacking there. I mean, he, he guarded Paul George very well as well when we played up against them. Like, yeah, if he can get a shot on anyone and has improved greatly on defense. I'm so stoked. I'm so happy to see that because you're right. He did struggle on defense and he's really taken it seriously. I think Coach Brown has really gotten to him in that sense. I was telling my dad at the game that De'Aaron Fox always goes into the third quarter with like eight points. He finishes with 27. You're like, okay, like that's fine. But I feel like at the, at the second quarter of this game, he just started attacking like it was the fourth. And to see that he had that playoff level to do something a little bit different and start attacking more was just awesome. I was really nervous to see where on the Kevin Durant to DeMar DeRozan scale, his playoff scoring ability would land. Um, do you know how many times DeMar DeRozan has scored 38 or more points in a playoff game? 38? 38 or more? more. Twice? One time. He did it one time last year against Milwaukee. Um, wow. So he's on. He's on. Great start for Fox. Um, I think, I mean, it's one game, but it at least translated against a, a, a team that matches up really well against that kind of scoring. And his defense. He defended Steph Curry. I loved the fact that after the game, he shouted out that J.R. Smith clip about with uh, Delavadova just getting killed. And he's like, yeah, that's true. And I did it. Like, he ran around those screens. He tried to keep up up with Curry as much as anyone can. You know, you always hear Bill Simmons kind of talk about like, hey, if you take someone that doesn't know basketball and make them watch the game, can they pick out someone? And I watched that game live with my wife. And she's like, that guy is really fast. Like he has just unmistakable speed and athleticism. And my whole like next kind of cluster of guys are really those guys that, hey, we could drop 40 in a night. I think Fox is the only one of them that also has and I could get you 10 assists, or I could get you, uh, you know, some really high-level defense. I can't believe we're having a De'Aaron uh, Fox defense discussion right now. Like, the way <laughs> the, the way things have changed. I was showing my dad 2015 Matthew Delvadova finals highlights in the stands before the game, and I was like, this is what we need. Davion Mitchell has this. I thought it would be Davion, and Davion did guard him for hard fit, and that's what makes uh, it a little easier on Fox is that it was... Maybe not half and half, but mm-hmm. he didn't have the role the whole time. Where Delhi in 2015 was just like 48 minutes of chasing <laughs> Steph around. It's the greatest active stamina anyone's ever accomplished. Yeah, super impressive. I'm loving it. So Fox at 11, are we in? You guys both had him at 12. I'm going to guess that you both had Booker at 11 then? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, did you have him at 11? Um, I didn't have Davis yet, so I had him at 10. But yeah, Book- Booker is my next guy. And also put, Where the fuck also, did you have Davis? <laughs> a little bit lower. Are we talking like 15? Are we talking like 35? I also had Donovan Mitchell one spot above Fox just for a little bit of a track record. I had him one spot below Fox because I like De'Aaron Fox and I don't care about Donovan Mitchell. I mean, I care about him, but he's not on my, he's not on my team. Clearly he's not as good as my favorite player. Do we want to do Booker Fox Mitchell then? Oh, oh man, I feel like Donovan Mitchell is like such an elite offensive player, but Fox probably like an argument you could make for him, which wouldn't be one you'd expect a couple of years ago, is that like he is a lot better defensively than Donovan Mitchell is at this point. Yeah, it's really sad. Mitchell is just not, not great on defense. And, you know, they got smoked by Jalen Brunson because they don't have anyone that can defend him. This Knicks series shouldn't be hard. It shouldn't be hard for, for yeah. Cleveland. And, 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 you've got and Julius Randle didn't even play. So it was like you had just... Randle played. played. No, he oh, played. Randall he, played. Okay. he rose from the fucking dead. I, I thought he was gone. I didn't even That's think right. about this list. I put up my entire rankings. I made my entire bracket thinking Randle was not playing. And he's like the fucking Undertaker. Just appearing no. out of nowhere. He played the first half, we should say. That second played. half. That second half. I, I don't know that he really counts much for that second half. He grabbed that that last offensive rebound. Yeah, he 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 gave them a nice seven of twenty. So you know, typical Julius Randall playoff performance. Is he odd this list for you guys? No. <laughs> yes. I had him okay. just barely in. We'll get to that. I don't. Know, maybe we can. We'll see. But... We'll get to that. All right. Someone say something. <laughs> someone say something nice about Devin and Booker because I do think just the way that we all have it, his average score would be eleven. Fox's average score would be a little bit. Lower, so he should probably be our 11 and Fox should be our 12. I'll accept you'll accept your original rankings, <laughs> you'll accept what's written down in front of you. I have no idea what you're talking about. Um, Devin Booker <laughs> is an assassin from everywhere on the court, it's mid range stuff, but it's also the three point stuff where it's 
these just some keys he he is unguardable and he gets every fucking whistle i don't like devin booker dylan can you say something <laughs> nice about him instead <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> we want to talk about guys who did complete 180s devin booker was the worst defender in the entire nba for probably multiple seasons and now he's perfectly capable like he is <laughs> this is the best we got perfectly <laughs> don't, don't tell it don't tell anyone i said this it's a very well-kept secret in the nba but devin book is a better defender than chris paul hey right right now i mean, I chris mean right Paul's now 97 yeah. years old <laughs> Giannis has been ruled out of game one due to a lower back contusion damn Started to dampen the mood. I mean, not like not not the mood was not that the mood is really great. Talking about Devin Booker, <laughs> everyone's the least favorite player. Nate, do you have a nice thing to say about Booker? Because clearly, me and Dylan are not helping with the nice things about Devin Booker. He is very capable. <laughs> Booker has become a good clutch player. He is an efficient scorer. He is good with and without the ball. He can be the team's primary playmaker for for possessions. He can also base very well. And yeah, he's a capable defender. I think this is the right spot for him. If he's your number one guy, I'm not really sure how good you are. And yes, I know that he is a number one guy, helped the team make the finals. Not all finals teams are built the same. There's a reason why the Suns are the favorite to come out of the West. And it's because of Durant, but it's also because of Booker. They are the only two Suns on my list. For some reason, when I picture Suns playing basketball, I picture both Booker and Durant shooting at the same time from like opposite elbows. Why this image is like ingrained in my head, I don't know. There are not two basketballs on in a basketball game, but I, I feel like that would be a good strategy. I mean, the Suns have a beautiful stagger screen play that results in like a pick and pop with Booker top of the key and Durant on the far left side, Aiden rolling down, and Chris Paul just being like, la-di-da-di-da, I've got the ball, and we'll see who decides to stop, or who you decide to stop. It, it's it's beautiful. It works really well. When the when it comes down to it, like if the Suns just run Spain pick and roll with Devin Booker as the ball handler, and Kevin Durant as the you know primary screener, that's like unstoppable. It's over. Mm-hmm. You've got no chance. All right. So then, isn't it? That brings us to Donovan Mitchell, which sounded like I had 13 on my list. Aaron, you had 13 on your list. And Dylan, you had him at 11. Yeah. So 13 it is. 13 it is. Uh, It kind of let me down by losing game one. I've been very adamant about my Cavs should be able to wax the Knicks or at least beat them in six. But I mean, he played magnificent. He he was scoring at will, scoring with ease. You know, we've seen him do that well throughout the course of the year that 71 point performance is still my game of the year i have a question an important question for number 14 does john morant's hand being mangled into into nothingness hurt his rankings right now x-rays came back negative answers left hand so i would i'm still keeping him at 14 on my list is he 14 on your list he was yeah yep and he's my next guy as well and if we've learned one thing from this king season it's that you can have your arguably best player have their non-dominant hand just totally unusable and still be a really good team that's true that's very true it was his thumb it, it was Sabonis's thumb i wonder what the thumb to entire wrist ratio is <laughs> on on how that impacts your uh your dribbling abilities you guys remember that one i think it's just a finger I, I thought it was just like he landed on his fingers and it bent back like weird i think kobe's played without some fingers you don't you really only need like three of them you get your thumb and two fingers legendary, and you probably still shoot legendary kobe stories like you just need the dirk there you yeah. go like ronnie lott you know the ronnie you guys know the ronnie lott story the amputated a finger because he didn't want to like you don't want to miss time they're like well you can come back now if you just cut it off he's a safety for the niners in the 90s i'm gonna mark that as one thing i would not do he wanted to play kobe would do that tell me kobe wouldn't do that they're like kobe you can play in the finals but you do have to lose your index finger or at least you know from like the top digit he's like fuck it man give me the scissors let's do this you know we we hate on load management a fair amount just like as as sports fans there's a fucking reason why there are doctors in in these sports now it's because of stuff like that because of stuff like Rudy Tomjanovich trying to re-enter the game after getting punched, punched by Kermit Washington. Kevin McHale walking with a limp to this day because he played on a broken foot. Like, thank God that we actually have some people being like, you know what? 
maybe you shouldn't do some of these things. Someone need to stop him and say, you can't just chop off a finger. There is a picture I saw. I totally forget who it was, but some player in the 80s just playing with a neck brace on. <laughs> played a day, seriously, played the whole day with a neck brace on. Like Maybe that speaks to the different era, but uh, he's... Can I give you guys, and, and you'll cringe incredibly hard at this, but the most legendary story of a New Zealand athlete playing through injury? Oh, God. You, you people play rugby. This is going to be vicious and gruesome, isn't it? Pretty much, yeah. So... It's the like m- mid to late 80s, right? A, a guy named Buck Shelford is, is playing for the All Blacks um, against France, and he has a, a collision to his groin area. And so they, I think he, I think he just continues playing. And they, go, they go into the locker room at halftime. Maybe it's after the game. Anyway, he's getting dressed and he's like, oh, hang on. And one of his testicles had been his, his, <laughs> how can I say this as as um safe work as possible? One of his testicles was no longer contained in the body, <laughs> and and so you know they they just put just it back dangling together there, and it just dangling, and they yeah they just wouldn't put it back together, and he carried on. Yeah, that um, hope would do that. That's a good reason to exit the game. <laughs> that's that's a that's a mamba mentality moment kobe would, kobe would have have his ball sack stitched up in the locker room send him back out there it's like gary come on you got this <laughs> i don't, okay. don't want to do that kobe so john Moran's at right. 14 even though his wrist is is non-functioning yeah okay now it gets interesting i think now i think you're you're to the point where there are no guys that you could even make a somewhat reasonable argument for being able to be the best player on a championship team i think we're now clearly into second options here is this where you finally have anthony davis this is where i have anthony davis oh my god <laughs> that's, um, <laughs> that's tough as in jet the the next guy is really interesting who did you guys have next i had jalen brown yeah he might not be a guy that i want to be my primary guy but he at least has shown that he can be a number one offensive option for spurts on a finals team Tatum had a few rough games in those finals. Where's Jalen Brown covering in the offense? And while it seems like a pretty clear cut, Tatum is up on a different level than Brown. Every now and then I come across a stray Celtic person. It's like, we should just get rid of Tatum. We should have Brown as our best guy. Yeah, he's going to absolutely kill it for the Rockets next year. I was going to say the Kings. He's he's coming to Sacramento. (laughs) Nate, those people, those Celtics fans, years ago, a little white van would come up, pick them up, put them in a straight jacket, and they would be locked away forever. We got rid of those. Institutions are gone, but there's a place for those people. I kind of just assume that's what Boston's like in general. (laughs) Dylan, did you have them this high? Did you have someone else at 15? Um, I I had James Harden at 15. Which was very mm. uncomfortable given his long track record of not being a great playoff player. Um, but I feel like he's the closest thing to a number one. Especially if we're saying like, you know, a guy like maybe Anthony Davis where he's your number one player, but he's not your number one scoring option. Um, that's where a guy like James Harden can be your number one offensive option, even if he's your second best player. Um, yeah. One of the one of the best passers in the league can create a shot against pretty much anyone. Um Maybe not the most playoff resistant. Doesn't try that hard on defense, although you know he he can he can um kick it into gear every now and then. Um, but yeah, I, I had James Harden at fifteen. Would you have Brown? At Brown at at eighteen, but it's sort of um it's sort of loose between the next guys. I had I had Paul George, Drew Holiday, and Jalen Brown as the next three guys, where I don't feel strongly about one over the other. I had Jalen Brown, Paul George, and then Harden. I have Paul George at 30 because I don't Holy think he's actually going to play in the playoffs. Okay, but John Morant's... Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's fair. John that's, Morant that's actually normal. played in the playoffs. Yeah. I mean, like, he's... Yeah, he's ruled out of round one, and that might be the only round that the Clippers are in. Um, there's also a possibility that even if they get through round one, that the, the Clippers, like, will just lie about injuries. Like, they are one of the least transparent organizations when it comes to injuries. So there's, like, every chance that he's just, like, done for the entire season, but they've just ruled him out of round one. Okay. Yeah, that's yeah, I, I put him in 30 as kind of, like, this nod to, well, if he plays in game four, I'm not going to be shocked. But also, yeah. I kind of don't expect him to play this playoffs. Can we Yeah, add, like, he, like he's, a- he's been ruled out of round one. Let's just, um, let's, let's exclude him. He's probably not going to play. Can we add like a 31? Can he be the 31st guy? Yeah, he's honorable mention. All right, great. Cool. That gives me room for Desmond Bain. 
This this is how rough it gets. <laughs> All right. So uh, All I right. like locking in Jalen Brown at 15. We at least had two 15 votes. And then I did have Harden at 16. So he's so kind of my I. next guy up. Yeah, at 16. Now, did you guys have Drew right after that? I had Drew back a little bit. Uh, my next guy up is Bam Adebayo. Me too. Yeah, Bam Adebayo. Yeah, who, who's in, my next guy after these guys? Me and Nate are just this echo chamber of bad basketball takes. I don't think we're, <laughs> I don't think we're very good at this, to be honest. We just think we are because we agree. <laughs> guys, I, I had Anthony Davis at 14. I, th- I think um, it's it's going to be me that they're saying is the bad takes. Um, but yeah, who who would you rather have as your number one defensive option in the playoffs other than Bam? Like he's Anthony got Davis. very good arguments. Yeah, Anthony Davis, maybe Giannis. Like he's right there among the guys who are the most resilient um, defenders in the league. Like his rim protection numbers are actually not as good as people would expect, but he's just so versatile. Like he one one of the few guys. Like there's this whole like can guard one through five. He's one of the few guys that actually can like can switch one through five. When he's Tim on the Kings, Jared Vanderbilt. Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah. I'm building yeah, this I mean, Jalen Brown, Bamet of Bio Kings super team. It's happening. I'm sorry, guys. We're putting this together. I thought you were just going with the Fox Monk Bam uh, College Day team. They all played together. Yeah, but then we had Jalen Brown. Oh, like okay. five. I'm pretty sure he's going back to Atlanta. That's where the family's from. He's a hawk. That's... So we have uh, Bam at 17. Yes. I'm comfortable with Drew Holiday at 18. I had him down at 20. Dylan, where was he for you? Uh, 16. 16? Aaron? Now 18. <laughs> now 18. List, I remember I'm being bolded and shaped. I'm, I'm whatever you want me to be. <laughs> the guys I had in between uh, Bam and Drew were Jalen Brunson and Mikael Bridges. They are not ones on championship teams, but they are ones on their current teams. And I think just if we're talking about who's going to have the best playoffs on an individual basis, I think they will have better playoffs on a team success basis. I think Drew has a really good chance of you know, getting another ring. So I, I could be talked into him at 18. All of that while the Heat are whooping the Bucks' ass, 68 55 <laughs> at half. <laughs> I, beca- I yeah. like Drew at 18, Brunson at 19. Where did you have Brunson, Dylan? Uh, number 19. Okay. Are we are we cool with that then? Is, is everyone on board? Let's lock it in. Look at- All right. You know, it's 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 really impressive. Like the further you get into this list, normally the more divergence that occurs. So for us to like have the exact same guy at number nineteen is really great. That's yeah, just I great, had guys. one off eighteen. So that gives us my number next twenty. Yeah. So I did not have Bridges this high, but I had Anthony Edwards here. I think he's just a little bit better as an offensive player. Me too. Um, he had like some really good defensive moments. Like I think he's like legitimately a guy that can lock a dude down in an ISO just as well as Mikel can depending on the type of player but does he like when like can I mean, he maybe if, does he if no it's, if it's the fourth quarter in a playoff game then i have utter faith in him guarding one-on-one against just about anyone um as much faith as you can have for the 20th best player in the league he laid an egg in that play-in game though i was i was hoping for the anthony edwards legacy game and it did not happen um but i think i agree like he just he loves it he loves that that action in terms of getting big buckets and then trying to shut down the trying to shut down the opponent's best player. That's what that's what the playoffs are really about. So I had him back at twenty three. The other two guys I had between him and Mikhail are Jaron Jackson Jr., who I thought played a stellar game. It looked like it when Ja got hurt. Jaron had a, a stretch where he scored eight straight points. He really came alive when Ja was suspended during those eight games. You know, some of what he was doing driving attacking the basket off the dribble was really fantastic and we saw that again in the playoffs and he's a defensive impact guy so i had him higher and i also had demonis sabonis rough start to the playoffs Let's but go. i like i like what he does i like his playmaking i like his rebounding and intensity that he can bring to the boards the rebounding is crucial I really, I knew that his game wasn't going to translate fantastic against Draymond and Looney. He just can't, he can't get his buckets against them. And it was one game. I don't, I don't know if I think he'll play better than what he's like four for 15 or something from the field. Um, this series isn't the one for him to get, to get his points, but um, I think it takes a bit of a hit. His placement given that I did have him at 22, but I do feel like I want to, now that that seems about right. That seems about right. I mean, Dylan, where is he for you? He he managed to get in. Is he like twenty seven or something? Um, I left my list incomplete after excluding all the guys that aren't in the playoffs. 
Um, so, I mean, like I could be convinced, but we've got to get through the guys that I've actually got on the list first. Jared, Jared and I had at 22. Okay. Um, so he's like almost my next guy. Did you have Jaron right around there? Just yeah, right around there. I, I had him one spot back. 23 we, we had edwards at 20 right or, or are we still you both had edwards at okay. 20 i was trying to argue jaron and damas over him uh it does not seem like i was able to convince you to so i'm locking in edwards on the spreadsheet yeah i've got jaron at 22 but we can, we can lock him at 21 i have another injury update fantastic tyler hero broke his right hand which is what it says shams God. quote tyler heats tyler hero has a broken right hand we need to stop recording during games it's kind of the Here only time we can list. record, but yeah. But I'm more just saying, like, I, I think we're the cause of these injuries. We're hurting them. I don't think we have that much celestial pull, Nate. I don't think the galaxies listen to us like that. So 21, where are we at? 21, we've locked in Jaron Jackson Jr. Oh, uh, players that we've we've gotten on the board but have not ranked. So guys we've discussed but not ranked. Mikhail Bridges, Demontis Sabonis, uh, and technically Paul George, but I think we ranked him at 31. Do too. Yeah, I, I had him at, at 30. Injury. Where did you guys have my number 21? Extremely controversial player. Incredibly, like, polar opposite series. Incredible series. Then one of the worst series ever. Um, Where did you guys have Trey Young? 27. I was really ready for you to say Rudy Gobert again. Uh, I, Yeah, I had him down at 28. Kind of sucks on defense. Really sucks really, on defense. Really sucks on defense. Will totally quit if the series isn't going well. Not the most, what is the word, resilient scorer, but the only guy that's still on the board who could actually, you know, be the best offensive player in a series and could carry a team's offense, could drop, you know, 47 in a must-win game seven. Like, he's the last number one scorer on the board. What did, what did Mikhail just drop? Didn't he just drop, like, 40? I guess it was before the playoffs. Didn't he have a good game one? He had 30 points. Come on. Come on. We're, we're going to just sleep on Mikhail. Elite defensively and still incredibly efficient offensively. I'll bite. Let's do it. Dylan is, is stubborn as shit, dude, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> no, we, 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 can, we, can do, we can do bridges. Like, we're out of, other than Trey Young, we're out of, like, actual first options. So we can start putting fake first options. Bold to call Trey a real and Mikhail a fake. <laughs> Where did you have Mikhail on your your rankings? I mean, like right around here. Like I've got we we've done Jaron right, so he's done. You have your list in fucking hieroglyphs or something? Is this not just <laughs> I, I told you I only ranked through thirty, and then I dropped like eight guys because they're not in the playoffs. So I've I've got the rest in a very rough order. But yeah, like I mean, he's probably the next guy to be honest. Yeah, he he'd he, he'd be the next guy. Like I mean, are we gonna put? I mean, I'm gonna make the argument like I did when we did our top 100 players um, that you guys aren't going to like for Draymond Green being around this range and you're probably not going to go for it. But like, I mean, other than that, like, are we going to put Chris Paul or Chris Middleton or Rudy Gobert here? Like, no. Yeah, I've got him at 27. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Bridges, Bridges, I think, is the guy. All right. So Bridges is locked in at 22. I'm just going to read off all of the names that I have left on my now 29 person list since we've Excluded Paul George. I've got Demas Sabonis, Carl Anthony Towns, Darius Garland, Andrew Wiggins, Draymond Green, Trey Young, and Julius Randle. And I will say one of the things that I kind of considered when I was making this list was, are you going to play four games or are you going to play 20 games? And I think that hurt Trey Young in my rankings was he's going to play four games. Kind of same deal with Bridges. Um, But, you know, someone like Green and Wiggins who probably worse individual talents than trey young they're gonna play hopefully 20 games i see aaron shaking his head at me because he wants them to be eliminated in four games but we'll see we'll see i have hope did any of those names jump out to you i would like to go in there i could hear the cat argument just because he is such an insane mismatch nightmare with his shot creation ability with his range as a center sabonis had a bad game i do think he's going to be put in spots to continue to play make and get guys open looks and, and get his own um, the numbers he put up were still fine in a really pretty ugly game and he was just awesome on the boards and you need someone to get every rebound and he's just really really good at that well one thing that he and surprisingly enough alex len did was the way that they attacked the boards 
forced Draymond Green to have to stick with them. And they actually even kind of switched and tried to have other people guard him when it wasn't uh, when Looney wasn't out there. So there was a time where they tried to put Kaminga on them or tried to put Wiggins. But they were attacking the board so aggressively that you you needed to actually waste a good defender in Draymond Green guarding Alex Lynn. Or I mean, it's not wasted guarding Sabonis, but it takes a lot away. Green is not able to roam and able to defend the way that he would if if they weren't trying to rebound as well. Dylan, I know he's not on your list, but how how do you feel about him at 23? I mean, if we're going to put a guy on there just because he's good at rebound, we might as well just put Gobert. At least he's going to block some shots as well. He's not going to pass, though. He's not going to play some playmaking, some scoring. There's some scoring at Sabonis is nice. He's 20, 2013 and 7 for the entire season. Yeah. I mean, it's it's really tough because he's got, like, the worst possible matchup to try to prove me wrong. But, like, like who is the good matchup in the playoffs? Like, who is For Gobert? No on? one. <laughs> there you go. Well, then, Nate, <laughs> like, tell, you is... know, talk about what you saw in terms of actually attacking Sabonis. How the Because the Warriors went at him. They put him in pick and rolls just the entire time he was out there. I mean, do, do you know who else made up for being unguarded by just like playing really hard and rebounding was PJ Tucker was being guarded by Trey Young. So the way that he combated that was he just got every single rebound. Like at least PJ Tucker's going to defend and might shoot once in a while. You're disrespecting Demonis Sabonis's defensive box plus minus right now. He's elite defensively. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, def- you know, he's still, a, 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 I mean, he's still 20. 13 and 7, and hopefully he can get back to that. Draymond and Kevon Looney is a tough matchup. Um, but in you know, in, in the in the regular season, let's say had we played the Pelicans, which was I know it's the Pelicans, but he would destroy Jonas Valanciunas like he had done in the regular season. There are those guys that just aren't strong enough to to stay with him. Um Draymond is in trans a transcendent defensive player and saying that he can't get his own posting him up, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, that, that that is a good point. Like, this is like, probably the worst possible matchup for him. Like, if he got... I mean, Anthony Davis might be even worse, but if he got, like... Yeah, it's a rough run for Sabonis. If they got the Timberwolves or, like, even the Clippers, like, he, he cooks Zubats. Like, any of, like, these just, like, regular bigs, like, he would be a lot more effective. Even, it's like, DeAndre Ayton. I feel like he'd be pretty good against Ayton. Jokic, neither of them is really going to do the best defending the other one. And it's... Sabonis is up on the wrong side of the bracket because if they advance, he has to either play Jaron Jackson Jr. or Davis, which is just a, a rough matchup. You know, just throw Bam after that, why don't you? I'm locking him in at 23 on the spreadsheet and then willing to hear and field arguments, kind of kind of for anyone. I've got Katz, my next guy up, followed by Darius Garland. I think quickly, has Sabonis and Davis played each other this year? I'm looking at their stuff just to see what that matchup looks like. I don't see anything. I mean, Sabonis played almost every game. Yeah, I feel like this has to line up at some point. Not there. There we go. Played the Kings one time. November 11th, they won. Kings won 120 to 114. I was to send the Lakers to 2 and 10. It's a different time. <laughs> so Bone Davis had 24 points, 14 boards, 3 assists, 3 blocks, 2 steals. It was awesome. Um, so Bonus had 21 points, 6 assists, 10 boards, 9 of 15 shooting. It was a pretty good game for both of them. Although, although Davis was a negative 7, Sabonis so is a plus 10. I, I think he'll be okay. He'll be okay. He got this. Harrison Barnes will guard Davis. He doesn't have to. Okay, my next guy I had, I had Cat. Yeah. Solid offensive player. I actually have been surprised at kind of how aggressively he's played defense. Kind of yeah, he, he since was... they brought in Rudy Gobert, it, like something seemed to click in towns of like, oh, that's all this guy does. Like, I, I can do this too. And he's kind of looked somewhat competent defensively. Yep. Yeah, like he, he was actually like really good against the Lakers on defense. Yeah. Yeah, playing like game he didn't just first he, 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 that first playing game. Like he he didn't just hold up. Like he was making a positive impact. Um, and one of yeah, probably like the second best shooting big man of all time. Statistically, he's one. He shoots like nine threes a game at forty percent. It, it's it's an anomaly. Yeah, I mean, he's how many playoff series has he played? Like one, like two. Yeah, yeah. Grizzlies yeah. and then Jimmy Butler versus yeah. Houston, yeah. or was he? Did he play in that? Yeah. So like, yeah, like he he can take the title, but he's just got to. I mean, you know, playing more than ten playoff games. So we have Cat at twenty four. Cat twenty four. Dylan, do you have a nomination? Uh, can we get um, can we get some Chris Middleton love? A tough season for him with injuries, but solid offensive player. Can get a bucket. Can hold up defensively. Can pass. Can play. Make good help defender. We're out of guys that you want to be your number one, or and so just like a really good all round number two. 
I just don't think he's playing very well. He's playing sometimes and not great. I'm just not, I'm not really into it. I could see him out there in like the 30 to 40 range, but that's kind of just betting that he come back to his own. Yeah. If this was last season, I would be 100% there with you. I don't hate it though. I mean, this is what, this is 25 and he has, he's been playing better of late. Like they slow rolled him up, which means he's yeah. fresh. How's he playing right now? Well, let me check on that. Uh, we, 16 we points, six for 10 shooting, five rebounds. That sounds pretty damn. That sounds good, man. If he, if he didn't have that. If he didn't have that, the Bucks would be down by more than 14. Yeah. Ne- negative eight and a 14 point deficit. He's playing better than Drew Holiday, who we have ranked higher from a purely <laughs> box score standpoint. So we're not actually watching this game right now. <laughs> I want to be very clear about that. I'll probably go watch it after this. I mean, you actually have to watch the game to see who's the better player. You can't just look at the box score. God, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Um, if not Middleton, then who? Because like we're out of. I went with Middleton. I accepted it. I, I typed it in at twenty at twenty five. I typed it in. I can't go back. I'm not deleting it. Is it Darius Garland time? I had Garland at my twenty five. Yeah, it was a disappointing first game of the playoffs for him, but he's still... a really solid player. Yeah. I still think back to that play-in game last year where the team just hadn't really come together yet and it was just him and Harris Levert. I honestly forget who they were playing, but I remember sitting there being like, Darius Garland is a machine and he needs help. And they got him all this help. That was really good. Not that he's the number one option, but they built a really good team in Cleveland. Yeah, I keep thinking back to when Colin Sexton had just the game of his life in triple overtime and knocks out the like big three Brooklyn Nets. And people being like, yeah, sex land. And people then the people being like, yeah, it's really sexed in. What's Garland even doing? And now Garland's the, the guy. And so maybe we should stop thinking back because. Sex land. Woo. Best, nick, best <laughs> nickname ever. Especially because Kevin Love was there. Love and Sexland. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I don't have a great case for him. I don't have a great case against him. Uh, right after Garland, I had the two Warriors wings um, or forwards. Andrew, Andrew Wiggins. Wiggins. Listen, Wiggins was the second best warrior last season. That's a bullshit statement, Nate, and you know it. That is disingenuous. <laughs> that is it was 100% like it was Steph true. Curry was in like Mount Olympus, and then his sure. like minions, 2A, 2B, 2C, 2D. It was Clay, Draymond, Wiggins, Poole. They were all they were all there. Yeah, but Wiggins was the second best guy behind Curry. You can call, say that so he's two A, and then the gap is you can't even see. I'm holding my hands up. You can't even see it. You don't. The gap is incomprehensibly large. Steph was playing with them when I did my Pantheon, the eight Pantheon Finals series for Hanukkah. Like I, I consider 2022 Steph. I, I might have even put it on there. That's how insane he was, and to be like Wiggins was was Batman, like he's fucking Kobe in 2002. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, this is like the same sort. He might be more like. 2000 kobe which that there's he a was not 2000 kobe he just wasn't 2000 kobe's numbers are hurt by the fact that he was hurt in the finals he single-handedly destroyed luca's offensive game after after luca just like walked over mikhail bridges i'm just saying at this level we put in chris middleton the difference between middleton and wiggins and what they could be in this year's playoffs not that big and, and to be fair, I also have Draymond right here. I have Wiggins over Draymond. I'll listen to an argument for Draymond over Wiggins and over the course of the playoffs. I'm okay with Wiggins being around here, but don't say that shit about the second best player in title team. Like he's Scotty fucking Pippen or something. Unbelievable. Okay, can we do Draymond above him at least? He's the modern KCP. There it's you go. the same thing as saying, in like, hey, Chauncey Billups was the best player on a on a championship team it's that's disingenuous and this sure but it's it's a true statement true statement but it's misleading it's misleading to the casual fan we're supposed to help these we're supposed to help people nate we're hurting people do we want to put young above these guys i'm dylan made the argument earlier i don't want to just completely sideline in that argument but we've got garland wiggins green young it's hard to argue that he's a lot worse than darius garland they're like pretty similar players like Garland's maybe slightly better on offense on on defense rather than Trey Young's probably slightly better on offense if a little more consistent. I'm okay going Garland, Young, Draymond, Wiggins, and just four in a row. How does everyone feel about that? I like it. Let's do it. You're gonna make me put Wiggins behind Green. All right. So then that would lock in Trey Young at 26, 
Garland at 27, Green at 28, Wiggins at 29. That's true. I'm one behind. I think I'm missing something. Did you put in Chris Middleton at 25? Yeah. And then Garland at 26, Trey at 27. Oh, sorry. You put, I thought you went Trey first. Isn't that what we just agreed upon? Did we? All right, Run that's fine. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, sure. So Trey, Garland, Green, Wiggins. Everyone copacetic, everyone happy. We have one more spot left. Julius motherfucking Randall. Evan Mobley. I know Dylan's siding with me. There's no way you're getting this one out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Dylan's his own independent third party. He can put in Chris Paul if he wants to. I had Chris Paul 33. I mean 32. Maybe because I mentioned it earlier, but yeah, my next guy's Chris Paul. All right. Make your best case, everyone. I think Evan Mobley is a destructive defensive player. He's one of the, I, mean, I think he's one of the three finalists for defensive player of the year. And in terms of switching, defending on the perimeter, defending the rim, being that impactful player with, especially on his team that allows him to be so impactful while Allen kind of hangs back and Mitchell and Garland do their thing. I think he just is going to, I think he's going to destroy people. I, I think he did a pretty good job against the Knicks. I hope they make it out of the second round or out of the first round so we can see some more, more development from Mobley. But I'm banking on kind of a, a leap here. Kind of projected. Sure. But the case for Randall is the projection it's, that... It's 7 of 20. He, there's no way you're getting someone to agree to this. <laughs> just so, just, you're talking to him. Has he ever had a good playoff game? <laughs> it was a good first half. Wasn't he, he like got that abysmal last year as well? Yes. Well, he's really a second option. He's really a second option, and then they asked him to be a first option, and he couldn't do it. He shoots 30.7% from the field over his six playoff games. 30 flat? 30.7. 30. Why, why make this argument? I Nate? believe, I believe <laughs> in Julius Randle. I wanted to make it for Brandon Ingram, but Pelicans let me down, and we had to talk about Cat and Anthony Edwards. We talked about the possibility that Zion plays in one game. Pelicans blew it. All right. What's, what's the Chris Paul case? The playoffs is all about not making mistakes, and Chris Paul is one of the most reliable players in NBA history. Will always make the right decision, won't turn the ball over. He can get still get his shot in the mid-range. When you need a bucket late, he's still got that as a reliable option. He's small and he's old, yet somehow he's still a positive defensive player. Good help defender, gets in the passing lanes, can wreak havoc at the nail. And he can fit in with a lot of different other players. I like it better than the Randall case of 30% from the field. It's not a great case, Nate. I don't know if you threw that one out there. <laughs> yeah, it's not a great case, but it's just, it's what we've seen him do over the course of the year, less so than what we saw him do in the five games last season and in game one, where he can lead a so, team, be a consistent player that's really counted on. I don't, I don't think Chris Paul is counted on as much these days, but I do like Dylan's case. And if I'm trading, if I'm if I'm moving my vote off of my guy, I'm moving it to Chris Paul. I'll accept that. It won't be difficult. But it is interesting that to make the case of Randall, you have to throw out every single playoff game he's ever played in. And then it looks really good. <laughs> it's a very small sample size. You want to you know what Evan Mobley is shooting in his playoff career? He played one game. <laughs> yeah, and it's 30. 3-0.8. It's defense, Nate. <laughs> Guards the rib. It's important. Yeah, with his zero blocks. You know you know what Kyle Anderson would have said to that? <laughs> All right. That's going to be an interesting new um, analysis tool is would Kyle Anderson fight this guy in a huddle based on how he plays? And if the answer is yes, <laughs> then you can't really have him top 30. Yeah. Kyle Anderson would murder Trey Young. I do th- want to point out that there is a couple of notable names that we left off, and I'll, I'll let you decide how notable of names – some of these guys are, but, you know, Rudy Gobert left off. Desmond Bain, love big game Bain. You know, Evan Mobley's not making it. Aiton's not making it. Randall's not making it. Jamal Murray, I think he has the potential to make us look foolish for having him below Garland and Wiggins. Possibly. I had him 35. Yeah, he, he was my my literal Knicks guy, Um, but, you know, it's, I, I it's hard to predict. I would prefer Murray. Shante's another her name. I don't think he's going to make it. Past five games, though. Clay Thompson, kind of in the 40 range. Marcus Smart, Tyrese Maxey. I'm just reading it in order. At this point, it's just in order of how we did it. Marcus for Smart. For the season. Yeah. Marcus Smart. Robert Williams, maybe. He's Jared he's, Allen. He's not that yeah. much you worse know, than Mobley. We can come back and do this for each round. Hey, these are the 30 best players for the second round. These are the 30 best players for uh, 
I can't wait for the 30 best players of the finals. <laughs> Just like, woo, the whole team, everyone wins. Where's Monty like, McCutcheon in that? <laughs> we're like trying to rank freaking <laughs> Luke Cornett against Jock Landale. Now that's a discussion I will not compromise for. I usually <laughs> compromise a lot. I, I have an opinion. It's going to be heard. I mean, it's Jock Landale. Jock Landale almost beat the Lakers in like the 81st game or 82nd game of the season. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what Luke Cornett's done other than his eclipse terrible defense thing that puts him out of position for every rebound. And and also has no statistical impact on opponent shooting. Yeah, does not affect the, the shot whatsoever. Contest. It's the Cornett contest. You guys shut your mouths. <laughs> uh, and one last check-in on Bucks Heat, who are now hero-less and Giannis-less. Miami has a 92-82 advantage with two and a half minutes left to go in the third. Remember when we had that Mavs game and we recorded two takes for they won or lost? It's crazy that the Heat won that game. I can't believe Miami held on to win this. I'm telling you, the Heat are going to hold this, blow this lead. I'm telling you. Aaron, where can the people find you? Also shares on TikTok. Dylan? Avoiding making a TikTok so Aaron doesn't send the angry um, commenters at me. I have Dylan's handle. I'm finding it. I'm going to look it up. I'm finding it. I'm sending it your way. And you can find me at the Hoops Temple TikTok or here or hoopstemple on gmail.com. Hope you all have a great week. Nothing like a whole day of basketball to take up my entire day. Nah, 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 nah.